And if you think finger painting with your enemy sounds like an inappropriate adult pastime, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff. It's New Metal May, gentlemen. That it is. And we are talking about Il Nino tonight. We are neck deep in New Metal May. So now, you're saying this is enemy war? or enema? I mean, it depends on if you're listening to that Blink-182 album. Oh, okay. Or the amazing El Nino album. Ah. And for my money... It's El Nino. It's going to be El Nino every single time. There's just no option for it to be anything else. Okay, good, because I didn't want you finger-painting with your enema. I'm just speechless, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so much for me behaving myself. I am not going to lie. This was very much a surprise for me. Because for Il, my personal history with Il Nino is Revolution, Revolution, amazing, confession, total crap. And then I, like, kind of stopped. So whenever we came back here, I was I was like, holy shit, they've got a lot of albums out. And I was pleasantly surprised at what I found. Yeah, this was actually one of the easier uh, discographies to get through. They're pretty easy to listen. They, uh... They're not a challenge. They sound good. You know, it's nothing overly complex. It's just straight ahead and it's good. It's an example of a band whose sales pitch actually kind of works in their favor. I remember I found Il Nino watching Headbangers Ball and the video for What Comes Around came on and the sales pitch was the band tries to be as heavy as possible and as melodic as possible, but at the same time. And I remember hearing this song, watching that video, and then the next day being like, Dan, we gotta go to Best Buy. Uh, there's this band, El Nino, that you have to hear. And it paid off. Every song on that first record is heavy, but we will definitely get into that in a minute. Well, not every song. You don't think so? No. There's like this little like acoustic-y bullshit at the end. Well, that's one of those things that, you know. Right. You just said every song. So I, <laughs> I wanted to clarify. It's the nerd in me. I, I just want Christian's hair, man. His hair is awesome. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's got some locks. I have nothing to say. Uh, <laughs> that's because we're either. I feel like my mouth is gray open, or balding or all of the above. But before we start talking about all of the above, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at DiscussMetal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and we have a couple to read for you this week. Jeff, you want to read our latest five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts? That I will. Let's see. We got one from uh, we got one from Cassidy2099. It says, passionate discussion from a group of guys who put in the work listening to a band's entire, entire discography every week and giving their pure, unvarnished thoughts. Keep it up, gentlemen. 
Well, see, I like to think my thoughts are extremely varnished and polished with a nice glossy finish. My thoughts are never pure. <laughs> yeah, mine are definitely unvarnished because they're just coming. I'm flying by the seat of my pants in most episodes. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, Cassidy 2099 hit that right on the head. For sure. So the next one, I'm going to just, uh, it looks like Nod WCX, something like that. Knox. Knox. Yeah, that's what we'll go with. So it says, great show. Dan and Joe, I'm going to put in parentheses, and Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's here too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome new guests every week, I guess, which is apparently me, to dig deep into the works of one artist. I have that it's Jeff guy on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a daunting task, but they handle it with reverence and fun. Love the dedication, and I'm always happy when a new episode hits my feed. Nice. We really appreciate that. Anytime you guys can give us five-star reviews, uh, it helps us out. It helps with search uh, relevance. So the more reviews you give us, the more people that find us. So keep them coming. We really appreciate it. Excuse me, sir. I'm looking for a metal podcast. Would you happen to know where I could find a metal podcast? Discography discussion. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I was hoping that I would find a metal podcast in your store. And your store is the internet. And the Excellent. internet is iTunes. At least that's the way Apple wants it to be. Hey, it's Apple Podcasts now, bro. Oh, shit. iTunes is last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of last year, we got a tweet on episode 37, Deadsy. This is from Until a Light Fades 83. I just heard your podcast on Deadsy. I'm a huge Deadsy fan since the early 2000s. I even saw them live as well. Commencement is highly underrated. I agree. I still hear it often, even now, 16 years later. Peace. Man, and that Deadsy episode, man. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Every couple months, man, somebody's like, hey, I need to talk to you about that Deadsy episode you did. So really what we're finding is that Deadsy is that band that everybody listened to, but nobody talks about for some... I think that... Nobody knows reason. I think they need to put something out. I mean, there's people clamoring for it. Uh, I'm one of those people. I think we all would listen to it. Absolutely. It's hard to believe it's been 16 years is what I'm... That's what I'm getting at. It doesn't make you feel pretty old. We got a comment on the Slipknot episode. Yeah, actually, we got one. This was on Facebook. Okay. So, yeah, this was from Alex. It says, damn, fellas, the Slipknot episode was amazing. You guys hit on all the points that I felt since I was in high school. Glad to hear all the love for Corey Taylor. Easily the best modern vocalist of our generation. Keep up the amazing work, guys. Nothing but love. I tend to agree with that sentiment because he really is kind of the guy today. Yeah, he really is. He's just so versatile. You know, he's got such a massive, massive range. What are the only, I think the only other vocalist over the last, I'd say, 30 years that I'd pick over him, Mike Patton. Maybe, versatility-wise. Yeah, just for, yeah, as far as versatility, just like all the things that he, he could do. Well, let's not discount Christian here from uh, Il Nino. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a little bit. Talk about underreported vocalist. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you want to read this email, Dan, real quick? Absolutely. Uh, this is from Ryan. Hey, guys, here's my comment since I don't use social media. Just an interesting aside, Joey was replaced by Jay Weinberg, son of Max Weinberg, Bruce Springsteen, Conan. That was 100% true. I can't believe I forgot to mention it. Yeah. He goes, I really recommend Larry King's interview with Corey Taylor for an inside scoop to his thought process in a band history. 
He also explains the relationship he has fronting both bands. Corey has also written a few books that look good. Uh, to Jeff, I mentioned Adam Shaper as Jimmy Got Hustled. Ska, ska, ska. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea either. That's all you, man. <laughs> Maybe. All right, cool. <laughs> we got a tweet from AC, Alt-1. He said, I turned my cousin on to the podcast. Got to spread the love. And no, Joe, you weren't being too harsh. Volume 3 is straight up Stone Sour Slipknot Hybrid. Some kind of weird metal pop album. It isn't an altogether terrible album, but it was their lowest point at that point in their career. Totally agree. And in my opinion, their lowest point, period. I definitely don't agree, but to each his own. Basically, Jeff and I had very different views, except we both agree Mud Shovel is fucking awesome. <laughs> I was with Dan until the Grey Chapter, which I feel is easily their best since Iowa. I think it's heavy, as heavy as they can be at that point. I agree with that, you know... They've had a couple people they've had to replace, and a couple that they've had to replace not by choice. So it's going to be a little different, but it's still Slipknot, and that's the that's the good news. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about the great chapters that just didn't uh, didn't stick with me for some reason. Thank you, everyone, for your comments and for your emails, and keep those messages coming our way. We'll definitely read them on the show. We will real quick mention Patreon. We're doing something different for everybody. $1 on Patreon will give you access to an additional feed where we're doing individual album reviews. And we have a comment on that from Patrick, one of our patrons. These Patreon episodes are shaping up well. So far, two of my favorite albums in two episodes. Definitely my favorite Blindside album overall. Great hooks, fairly heavy, and well-written music. And that was our episode we put out last week on Silence. And our first episode for the Patreon reviews was Between the Buried and Me's Colors, which I cannot wait to do an episode in Between the Buried and Me, Mr. Director, Sir. Oh, I don't, I don't know who the director is. He must have been out to lunch for a year. That explains why I'm out of beer. I just show up and talk. No, oh, that's my job. Right. And mine. Occasionally show up. I, I, I should have. Yeah. Well, Well, once the director gets back, he's going to want to talk <laughs> about your absences. Yeah. Hey, so. can you give me the email from the Jimmy Got Hustled guy? Because that is Adam's old band. Oh, it's, I'll hook you up. Okay. So, Dan. Yo. Tell me about Il Nino. Well, you know, it's funny because Il Nino was marketed to me as a Latin metal band. So you're saying I did my job when I called you up and told you about it the next day? Yeah, I can't remember if it was you or Buddy. You guys were both like, you need to listen to this Il Nino band. And I was like, I don't know, man. This don't sound nothing like that in them Lincoln Parks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> With that, that twang you were doing, I thought you were going to go straight to like Pantera or... Hey, boy, this don't, sound nothing, like, this don't sound nothing like that Pantera. You guys listen to Leonard Skinner? <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. Zombies free. Well, what Leonard Skinner songs do you know? Well, I know Freebird and. Uh, hey, you know what? I think I hear my my, my rooster roosting over there. <laughs> I gotta get going. All right. Oh shit! <laughs> Here goes the cowboy from hell. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So yeah, this was this was really different because like really, um, there's really not a really good way to say this. So I'm just gonna say it up to this point in my life and this point is like 2001 i had only heard metal that was really 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 white and so this was different for me this was extremely cool because it didn't sound like anything else that i really listened to at that time so i mean it, it, them having that latin feel i mean it, it is all over 
the first Il Nino record, Revolution Revolution. It is there, there. There's tribal drums. There's all kinds of cool stuff like um, Spanish guitar, like Spanish clean guitar. And oh, you mean that acoustic thing you were bitching about earlier? I wasn't bitching about it. I was just <laughs> correcting you and saying that while it does exist, it is not a heavy song, bro. bro, bro. <laughs> anyway, uh, what struck me about Il Nino at the time was on the Mudvayne episode, I was talking about how. You know, we'd listen to new metal predominantly at that time. I think everyone did. And there were bands like your Linkin Park. I don't know if Linkin Park was in 2001. Maybe they were. They had just appeared. Pretty close, right? I think Hybrid Theory might have been out then. But uh, a lot of these bands, you had like Linkin Park, P.O.D., Limp Bizkit, Korn. And I remember putting those bands in a category of new metal of being more of like a hard rock, a hard rock metal thing. You know, they weren't necessarily balls to the wall all the time. And then you had bands that I would call the next level bands. And those bands were the ones that were heavy all the time, always aggressive. So that's like your Slipknot, your Mudvayne. And very quickly, Il Nino became one of those bands for me as well. They were really smooth. They played what I wanted to hear, if that makes sense. They definitely succeeded in the way they were originally presented to me. I mentioned it earlier heavy and melodic but at the same time and listening to the record even today i find myself laughing at the guitar nerd stuff where god save us and nothing's clear and if you still hate me are kind of like the same song only they're backwards and yeah. every song is kind of the same feel but it's not a bad thing and as far as guitar tone goes for all those guitar gear junkies out there it doesn't sound like 2001. It sounds like we turned everything up as beefy and as heavy as we possibly could. But then the producer had a bright idea to let the band play an acoustic over the top of it, which is the ultimate trick for your metal heavy trying to sneak that by, if you know what I mean. But it works so well. Well, the first song I ever heard by El Nino was God Save Us. And it was on a sampler CD. It was one of the Roadrunner samplers. And uh, I remember hearing it and just being completely blown away at how aggressive it opens with the intense screams. Um, Jordan's vocals on this record are rough. They are not. He's definitely not using proper technique at all. Um, I don't know how he even continues to be a rock singer to this day. Uh, after, after that type of performance, it sounds like it hurts. And, like, it actually hurts my throat just listening to it sometime. But it really accentuates the lyrical themes of the record, which are just your typical new metal stuff. I hate you. You're a dumb bitch. I'm tougher than you. You know, all that stuff is on Revolution Revolution. But there is a little bit of a finesse to it. But I think, like Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Jordan... No, I'm not Jordan. Christian had a voice a melodic clean singing voice that was really angelic and it really and that one of the things that i used to always complain about is whenever a heavy band would play you know this really have this really aggressive open and then the chorus kicks in and everything slows the fuck down and that was not the case with god save us the the momentum of the song carried through that chorus um the best thing i can compare it to would be something like wait and bleed by Slipknot, where, you know, it was just really just intense throughout, throughout. It didn't it didn't let up. It kept the aggression level up. 
And so you were already knew what you were getting into whenever that second verse kicks in. Yeah, you you said that God Save Us is the first one you heard. What, what comes around, that was the first thing that I heard. Yeah, that was. That, I think that was the second single. Yeah, th- yeah it's the second single. And uh, truthfully, couldn't tell you where or how I heard it, but it probably had to do something to the fact that around this time I was... Like, one of my favorite bands is Ozo Motley. And somebody probably knew that I liked like music that's you know kind of got an infusion of you know Latin music or tra- traditional music or you know things that's just you know just a little different from you know your regular run in the mill radio play stuff. And uh, I kind of been hooked ever since. Makes you realize how much a, a band can become fantastic whenever they don't have somebody standing over their shoulder telling them how to be and they discover their themselves. Yeah, and I think this record was really a testament to that. I mean, obviously, they've been working on this material for a long time. And like Joe said, they're not overly complicated songs. Like tech metal, this is not. This no. isn't This isn't math metal. You know, this is... Uh, it's more primal in feeling. It is. It's, it's, and it's, it's the same attraction I have to stuff like this, uh, which is why I appreciate bands like Soulfly is so much. And uh, Soulfly, Soulfly is even more intense than this, but like... Good comparison. Yeah, I mean, it's really... For, with um, good reason, too. <laughs> good reason. Wait, anyway. Uh, so... <laughs> I see what you did oh, there. I see what I did there. Okay. So, yeah, this band definitely had that primal emotion to what they did. And again, I don't think that the lyrics are necessarily mature because, let's be honest, this is a this is a, a new metal record released on Roadrunner Records in 2001. So it's going to be angsty as fuck. It's going to be like issues you had with your parents or issues that you had with a girlfriend or, or stuff like that. But the way it's delivered is just like this guy, like Christian must be the most intense dude because he really, Second I mean... most intense dude. Right. Things just... <laughs> things just really hit him out of nowhere and he reacts to it in such an extreme way yeah and I, I love that i love that i love the, the hot-headedness of it but it's not necessarily uber macho either yeah well i know he had uh, he had a pretty tough childhood i know his parents separated when he was pretty young and his mom moved him around quite a bit and uh he essentially he grew up fatherless and he was pretty pissed off about that I can hear that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think him and his dad eventually reconciled, but there's, de- <laughs> there's definitely some angstiness in between uh, this and whenever that reconciliation happened. Yeah, I love, I mean, I just, one of my favorite things about this record is just the, the trade-off between the melodic vocal and the screaming vocals. Oh, can you which, say that again? Which I know is like really um, kind of a generic thing to like, but it's... Are you calling me on, generic? On this record, I think it really works. <laughs> I know, I know. When, I know when Roach Coach reviewed this episode, they said that uh, there was a little too much singy boy, a little too much, too much smooth boy, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't honestly think that that's possible with this band, unless we're talking about the next record, which I'm not ready to give up on this one just yet. No, this this album is a cover to cover. I'm going to steal Jeff's bit for just a second, Jeff, if you don't <laughs> mind. Right ahead. With very little exception, will I skip a track on this album? If I put in Revolution, Revolution, I'm listening to it from beginning to end. And even if I skip a track, I find myself going back to it later. 
It's more of a, I want to hear what comes around now, but then I'll go back and listen to Nothing's Clear, and then I'll listen to Liar and Rumba, and then I'll be like, oh, wait, I want to hear No Murder, and then I'll go back to I Am Oh, Loco. Rumba is killer, man. I know, man. That And that sound clip they play at the beginning of it, where they're like, what is going on here? <laughs> and the scientist is like, I think there's no other explanation other than this theological perspective that maybe the gods want something. Oh, God. <laughs> like, Dan found Incubus yeah, again. Yeah, oh, my God. It was so cool. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed that, and no, I don't. I don't think that the choruses are too are too overdone on this record. I think maybe it's just kind of a product of what it is. Again, it's a 2001 Roadrunner Records release. These are the elements that that label was looking for at that time, and they they had it in spades. Because I think I think ever since Slipknot exploded, they're looking for that. They're looking for that magical horse and I don't think El Nino was quite that and we'll get into that later but on this record I think that they did their job very well um, they had loud angsty aggressive music that was melodic it's stuck in your head I mean I can I, I never am listening to this record because I've got to listen to so many fucking records and this is uh, this is one that you know like Jeff said it's an easy listen there's nothing unfamiliar about it to me and it, it flows in such a way that I think you can hear it once or twice and go back to it and remember everything that you liked about it before. I don't think it's complex enough for me to say, oh, I'm now I'm hearing things I didn't hear before. I don't think it's like that. I mean, I think it's still a very mainstream metal release. It's comfortable. It is. And I think that's what makes, you know, there's there's re- there's other reasons why some records might be uh, something you need to re-listen to. Like Tony Danza, I mean, you got to re-listen to it because it's all over the place and you're trying to catch everything and this one it's it's the familiarity the in the comfort level that you have that makes you want to listen to it again it's like a whopper cheeseburger right i mean it's or a big it's mac a, it's a sure thing well okay well no because not, not a no big, not a big slipknot mac. slipknot is the big mac and el nino, el nino is, the is, the, is the double whopper, cheeseburger is the whopper yeah so is, why do i always get the double quarter pound shit cheese? what does that make wendy's like the or what? What the fuck does that make? Mudvayne, like the Wendy's Square Burger. Well, I mean, you know, they have layers, you know, so you can get seventeen different patties if you want. Right, that's true. Well, at least only it's only for a limited time, though. That runs out after a while. What <laughs> after what, how many records? After Dan? how many records does that does that special <laughs> run out? Anyway, we already did the Mudvayne episode. I'm sorry, uh, but Revolution Revolution was just great. I mean, even the title track is fantastic with that heavy riff that starts it off. I mean, it just, and just the way he screams with so much passion at the end of the revolution. And there's a part at the end that just always gets me. It's like almost like, he's like, revolution. And he's just like, bruh, 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 bruh. Like, I, I just, oh my God. I just love how that song sounds. And uh, it is, it is literally a showcase of how beefy this record can actually be. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's not a whole lot more I can say about it other than I love it. And this is the first time that we are going, as a podcast, going to disagree with the fine folks over at Roach Coach and say that, no, this record's fucking great. Yeah, it's it's good. We're not making a new metal canon, but if we were, Il Nino's It would be made out of cheeseburgers and seven slices of Revolution cheese. Revolution Revolution <laughs> would definitely be part of that canon with a side of fries. God, shut up. I'm getting hungry over here. All right, Jeff, we got six more albums, and then you can get all the burger you want. <laughs> I had a salad. I had a salad for dinner. Who are you? <laughs> right. I had a. Uh, got to slim down for rock I and butt. I had an organic burrito, pinto beans, free range 
cheese, whatever the fuck that is. Ugh. I don't know. My wife bought it. Cool. It tasted good. Ugh. So 2003, Confession. I admit, I did not hear this album before I heard the single. Well, we didn't have a choice. The single was was thrown upon us. Yeah, it was all over the place. I remember telling this story very recently, but for those that may not know, Dan and I went and saw Freddy vs. Jason. It was an amazing experience. And then during the end credits, we heard this band that sounded like it could be, maybe possibly, Il Nino. But we couldn't decide for sure. Right, but it was like a rock song. We heard it, and we were sitting there. We actually sat back down, I remember, for a couple minutes going, is that Il Nino? Because it yeah. could be. Well, and then we went to Walmart and bought the uh, soundtrack just and to verify. Sure enough, it was Il Nino. And I remember having mixed feelings. It obviously sounded different. The production was a slightly altered presentation. But it wasn't so drastically different that I didn't think, this is going to fail. Well, it didn't fail. Then Dan bought Confession. <laughs> yep. And we sat and listened to it. And I remember the first track, Te Amo, I Hate You. And I said, okay, well, it doesn't sound the same, but I can't really decide what's different other than the guitar tone. Everything was just kind of turned down. Like it was, it was, uh, what muted. were we talking about? Yeah. With Slipknot, it was muted. This is a really common theme when we're talking about new metal because a lot of these really aggressive bands always end up putting out that album. The one where they've taken all of the grit and they've removed almost all of it to make it this like radio friendly, this nice shiny thing. Right. Yeah. And I can't really blame people for doing that at that time. I mean, I like money. Yes. And say people waving money in front of your face. Come on. You're just going to do it. And I I just, that's, I cuss. It took me a whole half hour into the episode and I finally dropped an F bomb. Sorry. I was trying to make it. I didn't make it. I failed. Put a quarter in the jar, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's Shit, already I full. I owe the jar like $9,000. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was going to say, between Dan and I, it's like overflowing. See, I remember hearing the first song, Tiamo, I Hate You. And I mean, I think I was still on board with that song because it was still really pissed off. There's a lot of fuck you. There, you know, there's nothing I could do, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think that Christian sounded as intense with his screams. However, like I stated previously, it sounded like it was really hurting him to do to do what he did on uh, Revolution Revolution. And so this is a little bit more of a streamlined sound. You, you run into this. I mean, even Mudvayne's screams stopped being as intense as they were. I think the only person that really kept it up was Corey Taylor throughout. And, right. But even he took a break a couple times. A few times, yeah. And so, but then when How Can I Live came on, I already knew the song, obviously. I knew what I was getting myself into, but I was kind of like, really? Like, you have an aggressive song like Tiamo, I Hate You, and you're going to follow it up with this. And one thing that I noticed on this, too, is that they just kind of sound like a regular band on this. They don't sound like the Latin metal hybrid that we had on Revolution Revolution. I mean, it's there a little bit, but it just sounds like every other band that's out. At yeah. that time, and that that really turned me off. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was turned down. I mean, you can hear a little bit, of it, a little bit of it, and how I can live, but it's it's not the focal point that it is on most of their other albums. I mean, that's what helps differentiate them from everybody else. Oh, one of the things. So, having seen them live, I would say, had this been mixed the same as Revolution Revolution. 
you would be less upset about the change in song quality because the band feels the same. They're doing the same tricks. They're going heavy. They're going melodic. There's a little diddly guitar on top. The drums have that Latin feel. There's no extras going on, at least not most of the time. It's a superficial similarity. But it's a superficial to, similarity. It is a superficial well similarity to what you had on Revolution Revolution. Because, again, I think this sounds like, you know, the guitars are muted. The vocals are toned down. The production on the singing vocals sounds like it's almost like when he's screaming, it sounds like they just sent him into a bathroom with a microphone. It's like, here, scream it. And then he just kind of like does it. And then they turn it down in the mix. The screams are very much turned down in the mix on this. Everything's muted. Everything sounds really smooth and clean. But, like, not in a good way. And, like, some of the vocals sound rappy, which isn't necessarily, like, a bad thing considering the genre. But, I don't know, it just came off as sounding kind of lame here. Like, the heavy the heavy part at the end of How Can I Live, like, just sounds like a pale comparison. It's almost like, you know, you've got this big, tough dude that's a bodybuilder, and he just snaps necks for a living. And then, like, his little brother comes up, and he's like two feet shorter and a little bit smaller and he doesn't really snap necks but he you know pokes people in the eyes it's kind of like that I, I know I, I apologize at how weird my comparisons are but like that's how I feel about it that it's just it's a pale imitation of what the band had established prior and I think when the record producer or whomever was in charge of this came to the band and said this is the vision I have for this record I think the fact that he allowed them to include elements that they had had on their previous releases, you know, the acoustic guitar, the, the tribal drums, all that stuff, it's all there, but it's not really forefront. Whereas it was part of the main dish on the first record, it is now just a light garnish that is thrown onto generic radio-friendly songs. Yeah, there's a lot of hand-holding going on, I feel. I, I feel like they, they're like, okay, we we know what the winning formula is and this is what you need to do not what El Nino needs to do this is what we think you need to do you guys just happen to be playing it now I think I definitely was disinterested when it came out because I guess the biggest question that can be asked and it comes up a lot on this show is is it necessarily a bad thing that it's more mainstream is it necessarily a bad thing that it's catchy radio friendly songs I'm going to say that it's not a bad thing but it is a bad thing if you're a metal fan. If you're if you're if you're only here for the screams, if you're only here for the loud heavy guitar, you're not going to find a lot to like on Confession. Now, whenever I went back and listened to it for the show, I did enjoy it actually. Like because like Revolution Revolution and a, like a lot of the El Nino discography, it's not like this is hard to listen to. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's mainstream. It's really singing. The the choruses repeat forever. But there's nothing on this that makes me think like, oh god, that's nails on a chalkboard. I can't continue through it. It was just smooth. I, I got to the end of it and I was just like, yeah, I mean, that's that's about what I remember. It's but a lunch break. The thing about confession is that if you if you like rock and you're not necessarily big on the whole metal thing, then confession is a perfectly serviceable album for for that for for people that are only looking for something that's easy to listen to and i do think that the musicianship is still pretty good on confession and i'm trying to be well balanced because i mean you know little 
like teenager me was like this is shit and you know what i mean like didn't even didn't even give it to the time of day and it, you know now now in my adult life i can listen to it and say okay well this was this was all right it's not going to be my go-to i mean there, there's much better radio friendly rock out there but you know this is this has got a little bit of that flavor but i definitely um did not continue with the band as a teenager after listening to this record I just kind of assumed, because I saw their newer albums on shelves, and I just kind of assumed it was going to be like this. So I didn't really pay much attention. And man, was I missing out. 2005. One Nation Underground. If you were worried about El Nino, you have less reason to be worried now. Do you think anybody's sitting in their basement like, oh my god, I'm just so worried about how this Il Nino album's going to sound? I mean, I was in 2005. (laughs) (laughs) I got got this as a big old fuck you to the producers and record companies, what I got out of it. Uh, Instead, I actually, uh, I instead bought uh, (laughs) a... Nickelback? Mudvayne. Wounds were deep. Well, Il Nino definitely did not suck. No. In 2005. No, they did not. This record starts off, the first song is called This Is War, which should give you a pretty good a pretty good idea of what you're about to hear. This does not sound like Revolution Revolution. I want to get that over, out of the way right now. Okay, this is something completely different. Because when I was listening to it, what I was really surprised about was that they... I think Revolution Revolution was really in the higher tier of how extreme you could get with new metal. You know, similar to Mudvayne's LD50 and Slipknot's Iowa, they're really pushing the boundaries of what could really be considered new metal. And still be really, really heavy. Right. right. Mm-hmm. This is not Il Nino is like, hmm, what are the bands we've been touring with lately? Soulfly, Unearth, Azalea Dying, Drowning Pool, <laughs> Drowning Pool, Killswitch Engage. I think Nonpoint was in there too, weren't they? Nonpoint. Love Nonpoint. Shout out uh, to Rob. Stay yeah. tuned for July. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, man, like what, what struck me is that, you know, you start off with the strong tribal drums, there's tribal chants in the background. They're not fucking around They're They are reestablishing that this is what we are all about. And the song kicks in, you know, just heavy guitar, you know, heavy guitar drop right at the beginning. And then they start playing fucking metalcore for like a while. Like <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Like this band could maybe be accused of ripping off of whatever's popular at the time, but this was the best move for them. I mean, 100%. If they wanted to be taken seriously as a a heavy band in 2005, they did the opposite of what Mudvayne did, and they absolutely just went for the fucking jugular. It sounds like the band that recorded Revolution, Revolution, recorded an album in 2005. Absolutely. And it really, I mean, and it's all there. Like, the choruses are all there. It's not like they just went straight grind or anything. They, they, you know, because, I mean, you, you get that metalcore stuff, and then suddenly out of nowhere you get this, you know, and I swear that I'm not giving up. And you're like, okay, shit, yeah. This is this is El Nino. And it definitely, I mean, and this shit carries on for, like, two, three songs. I don't think it's until track four that we get to, like, a slower song. Like something closer to what you'd heard on Confession. There's even a song that they have uh, uh, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed on, and that's uh, that's kind of unreal to hear, you know. Uh, yeah, that was actually Turns to Gray that you were talking about. The Turns to Gray. Okay, yeah. my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Like I said, I gave up on the band uh, after Confession, so a lot of these albums when I was listening to them were very new for me. Yeah, De La Vida's got the the 
the uh, the intro fucking love man the drums on this track are fucking killer oh yeah I sense Sepultura in the force. That's not a bad thing at all. No, this definitely. You know, when when did he? Christian, this is like the melodic soulfly type oh, sound. Dude, you know, like it really is. Bang on, man. And it, yeah, I, and I think that's why I like it so much. I mean, Christian's no Max Cavalera as far as um, you know, like I don't know. Attitude? Uh, presence. Have we seen yeah. them in the same place? I haven't, but uh, I, I mean, I'd love to see that. But. Oh, God. <laughs> God, that's like, just <laughs> take my money. <laughs> but so this record was really like, I mean, if you want to call it a mix of Revolution, Revolution, and Confession, it's not wrong necessarily. But like even the songs that are more melodic, that sound more like rock songs, they're, they're single bait at this point. Yeah, I think this is more of a precursor of what's to come. It really is. It, it, it kind of shows off. That it's like, hey, El Nino is not afraid to take it to the next level and stay there. It's right. not like they're going to occasionally get more extreme or whatever. This record definitely, while I don't think it's as strong as Revolution Revolution was, it's not. It's a little disjointed. There's a little bit. There's still a little bit of that confession attitude in it. Uh, and for some reason, I think Christian's screaming vocals sound kind of shitty on this record. They didn't layer him like they did on the previous two. No, and it sounds very dry and raw, which could have been what he was going for. But See, for I, some I reason, liked it. I, I liked it too. I just don't think it sounded as good. Oh, you know, See, I, just I, think, I disagree. I actually like his. It his, sounds. Oh. I, I, you know, it's all opinion. I mean, I, yeah. I just happen to like this this style for him. Well, more. Jeff, as a vocalist, um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you're definitely you're, a vocal guy. Uh, well. I just think that it. I just think that maybe he was just getting into it again. You know what I mean? Because I mean, Revolution, Revolution. They kind of came out of the gate and had been playing these songs for a long time. And in Confession, they kind of took a break, and the vocals were not as extreme. They weren't as harsh. So I think for a record like this, I think I think the attitudes there. I think the intensity is there. I think that the will to be aggressive is there, but I don't think it's quite there. Like it's going to take him this album to get. To where he's where he's gonna eventually end up. Oh, agreed. Yeah, and that's why that's part of the reason why I feel like it's a precursor. Yeah. Because moving forward after this album, after they become independent again, uh, yeah. Jeff has said precursor. I think twice. I'm gonna take that as a cue, Jeff, and say 2008 Enigma. Okay. Well, Jeff, you just take it away, buddy. Dude, this is my favorite album. This is. This is way, way more chill than what I was uh, expecting. But uh, good God, they just said this is our our music, our way. Like it or, or just go home. And thankfully, I love it. I mean, this this is a really good album to chill to. This I listened to this album. Oh gosh, maybe ten times this week. Wow, really? Yeah, I really... Well, I mean, I listen to every album that we do, unless it's like massive like Black Sabbath episodes. You know, I try to listen to them two or three times every week. Yeah, this one, I listened to this one twice, and I listened to a couple of the other later ones two times. Yeah, this one was so easy to just put on play. I like the fact that it, it has the, the whole ebb and flow. It, it's got that certain tracks are like in your face and fuck you and then and turn around you know 10 minutes later 
and you feel like you're chilling on the beach with a with a beer in your hand, and you're like, okay, with I, a Corona. No. Is this your <laughs> vacation <laughs> jam, Jeff? <laughs> yes, I. Yeah, um, I'm not a Corona guy. Give me a. Hey, as long as you weren't drinking fucking Land Shark, well, then we oh, could still be you. friends. Yeah, if if I'm gonna drink a. a "Quote unquote Mexican beer. It's uh, Negra Modelo, which I happen to have behind me right now. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go get tasty. one of those. Yeah, they're so fucking good. I don't always listen to El Nino <laughs> while I drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Enigma. Dude, I, I like Dosaki's Amber too. <laughs> See, I've listened to this record probably the least out of the newer really? albums. Well, I can and understand. It's not for any one particular reason other than I am personally so invested in Revolution Revolution. I think this is the record I wish Confession was. A little bit toned down, but still heavy. Yeah. I mean, they did it, I think I think that's why I like it. it. They did a really good marriage. The only thing that I wish is that I had the limited edition. I didn't realize Chino was on it. Yeah, that was 2008 when Chino was on everything. So I still like Chino. Shout out so. to the Auntie Mother. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, so I'm gonna have to track that down. I don't know if I, if it's on this because this album I actually have. So I didn't actually listen to it on streaming service. That might have been the other reason why I listened to it the most because I actually own this one. See, I think there's a little bit more piss and vinegar on this one. Oh, there is. And I, I like that about it. I like that it's equally heavy, but it. It's melodic, but it's not melodic like Confession, if that makes sense. It's this is not like okay, this is going to be our this is going to be our single bait. This is going to be the song we're going to release that we think is going to get played on the radio or whatever. I think this is really just more of a conscious decision of okay, yeah, we want to write a couple of chill songs, but we're going to do it our way. By chill, we don't mean just tone down everything that we're about. It's really just we're going to take what we've learned from those experiences because, I mean, they're four albums deep now, and they haven't totally shit the bed yet, you know? Like, it's not uh, it's not one of those – it's not one of those bands – they're not one of those bands that just, you know, it settles for mediocrity, not at this point in their career. There's definitely an attitude on One Nation Underground and on Enigma that is very much like, hey – this is our sound now that we've carved out and it's been a little bit painful leading up but from here on out it's going to be back to that instantly listenable enjoyable smooth experience I like that instantly listenable it's metal it's rock it's clean it's melodic it's instantly listenable it's got a beat to it it's got a samba going on yeah, I mean, there's even straight up, you know, ballads on, on this as well. I mean, it's not all. They show their range quite a bit on this album. That might be the other reason why I like it so much is that it is, that you know they're you know stretching out, you know, showing what they're capable of. They're not just a pretty band. They're not just a heavy band. They, you know, they're both of those things, and I and I think that's why I like this. I like this out al- this album so much is that it I, they does it does a really good job of compensating everything that El Nino is. When I feel like they're massively underrated in that oh, they, sense they too, are. they absolutely are. I can't figure out how a band that sounds this good consistently overall doesn't really get the credit that they deserve. 
I mean, is everybody like me and listened to confession and said, no, I'm good, and just walked away? Honestly, I think so. Yeah, I think that happened quite a bit. I think there's a little bit of a stigma with this band that they came out during new metal. And a lot of people, when I mention Il Nino, they're thinking of Revolution Revolution. When the band as a whole has put out more records that would be equal to One Nation Underground. If that was the first record you found by this band, that's mostly what they sound like. Revolution Revolution is kind of the oddball at that point. Yeah, the songs are heavy. They're also very simple. Whereas there's a little bit more that goes into playing these songs, even though they are still completely listenable. Well, I think that Revolution Revolution was just a product of its time. Unfortunately, it sounds like a record that came out in 2001. It's and that's dated. not Yeah, that's not knocking it, but the newer Il Nino material, I would say anything from One Nation Underground on is much more modern sounding. And and that's that's where that whole instantly listenable part of it comes into play. Right. I and, think the problem is is that, you know, that was what put them on the map and then you have something like Slipknot and you go back to listen to their old stuff like especially like Iowa. Iowa still is relevant because it's so fucking hard and heavy. And you go back and you listen to a lot of this, you know, uh, early 2000s, late 90s, quote unquote, new metal, and it doesn't hold up. I mean, that's just unfortunately how it works. And so whenever people remember you with that particular style, you know, they kind of forget about everything else. And it is it's a it's a shame because these guys are fantastic and they're way better now than they they were then. Yeah, so Enigma was a strong release. Um, I I think I like it more than One Nation Underground, just because that record was a little bit disjointed. I think maybe the sequencing was a little fucked on that record, but I think overall it was good, and definitely a massive step up from Confession. And I feel like this record was like them giving something like Confession another shot, if that makes sense. We're like, because I think whenever they wrote Confession, they sat down and said, "We want to write a more melodic record." We want songs that people are going to identify with. It's going to make them feel good or whatever. Make us money. Make us money. Hey, you know, whatever. But uh, Enigma is much more of like, okay, we're doing that, but now we don't have a big shot producer from Roadrunner being like, okay, guys, let's fucking hear it. Let's let's hear that. Let's hear that radio single. Because I don't think that the va- the ballads on this are really radio single material. Really, some of the heavier songs are actually more commercial sounding than some of the slower stuff. Oh yeah, the slower stuff they um, they definitely has that really heavy Latin vibe to, to a lot of it, and I dig it. Uh, yeah, finger painting, fucking awesome track. Man. Finger painting with your enemies, dude. This is such a great, great, Not great song. <laughs> yeah, thank God we we uh, we made that point clear. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on to the next record, which is called Dead New World. Are you guys ready for this? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. I was born ready. I was about to say, I think I'm outnumbered now. Two out of three think it's better than One Nation Underground, so I'm going to have to give it more listens and see how I feel. Dude, Dead 2010, New World. I did not see this coming, and I was a little worried when it first started. I thought I was listening to a Il Nino, almost under oath cash-in 
not hardcore metalcore, but it just had that tone that everybody had at that time. So I was a little worried. And then 10 seconds later, it was Il Nino again. So I wasn't worried anymore. I don't think that it was a strong open. I mean, it's a great song. God is only for the dead. Fucking great song. But I don't think it really opens the album very well, and I don't think it's super representative. Um, there's actually a song on this record called uh, "My Revolution" or "My Revolution" or "Me Revolution," and I feel like that's really what they should have opened the record with. Does anybody else notice how prominent the congas are on this album over every other El Nino release? I don't know if it's over it. Because they're definitely there on all the other albums, but they're definitely brought up in the mix on this record. Well, I don't know if, like, Max Cavalera was hanging around when they recorded this, because when I hear Dead New World and I look at the cover art and everything, it it, it really wants to be a Soulfly record. Like, it, it really does. And the biggest thing that got me about this record was, yes, it's super melodic. They're singing whatever. Fuck you. Okay, but this record, Christian has like leveled up in screaming metal vocals. He is guttural as shit on this. It sounds fantastic. It is deep. I don't know if he, again, I, I honestly think it's listening to a lot of Soulfly. Like he just, well, he, how God, much, he uh, just, I know he, he actually guessed it on a couple of tracks correct or is it more than just that mm, gold in your beer a little bit of gold in my beer sorry yeah, that's about that. what happens when you drink your uh, negra modelo really good it is but yeah no i mean this is is this around the time that he was messing yeah with he, did, the he did some stuff? stuff with soulfly but man i will tell you what like i was blown away because like at this point i mean i'm still thinking of this as a new metal band it's new metal may why wouldn't i you know and like <laughs> i experienced this record in its entirety for yeah. the first time this week yeah it doesn't say it's like latin metal metal core and i remember thinking like god this is metal yeah this is a lot closer to the kind of stuff i like you know yeah. and uh i loved it and i found i actually found the hooks really infectious on this record I mean, and oh my God, like at the end of uh, Me Revolution, oh, oh, when he starts screaming, Revolution, Revolution, I mean, God, dude, my nostalgia boner was. <laughs> You're not kidding. was like through the roof on that, you know? I don't know if that's a cash in, you know? That's, that's kind of like that time Godsmack put out Voodoo 2. And I was like, well, it's, yeah, you have the word voodoo in it, but it's not really the same. Every time you say the word Godsmack, I'm going to take one year off the end of your life. I'll see you in a year. You have three days to live. <laughs> so, Thank God you haven't done that with me in Sunday Day Real Estate. Oh, oh shit. shit. No, for every time you say Sunday Day Real Estate, it's five years. <laughs> Wait, his I'm, life or mine? I've been his dead life. for like 200 years. Right. He's been alive <laughs> for 170. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, me, Revolution, definitely a callback, I think. You know, and I think that's cool. I wouldn't call it a cash in necessarily. But man... This is just fucking in your face. It's melodic. It's heavy. It's again. It's instantly listenable. It, this this record goes down goes down very easily. And uh, I honestly, I was pretty surprised at the quality of the band 
in that they had put out this many records because I was shocked whenever we whenever we put this band on the calendar to talk about them in New Metal May I thought like four albums five albums something like that and to, to get like seven <laughs> it was uh it was a little rough this week getting through all of it but it wasn't rough it, it really I found that oh yeah dude I can just listen to this and I listened to I listened to this record a couple of times listened to Enigma a couple of times um and I think I think the only thing that hurts this band as a metal fan and this depends 100% on what my mood is that day you know Monday I'm listening to fucking Death Grind and Tuesday I'm listening to you know old school thrash metal but then Wednesday I want to listen to something really nice and you know so Wednesday was my day this week where I I really dug into Dead New World and Enigma and these records I think complement each other really well I think if you like this is the first time I feel like with Il Nino that like there isn't a major division necessarily between the records because you had like One Nation Underground which was kind of a heavier record that was sandwiched between two softer ones and then you had this record come out and it kind of be more consistently like the last one. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing. Like as a music critic, I'm supposed to shit on anything that doesn't change, but then like heavily shit on if it changes too much. <laughs> well, I think the... Uh, I'm just not pleasable. That's all it is. I think they've done a good job, especially uh, the, this three album streak. Uh, ending with Epidemia of, of walking that fine line of sounding like you know who, you, who you're listening to but it also not being repetitive and boring. Ready to roll into Epidemia then? Yeah it, it, and that's, that's, that's a difficult task to request of a band you know, whenever you're asking them to do that and I, I think they, di- they did it well. Did it, they remodernize again? Dude, Epidemia is fucking brutal, man. It is by far. It's to quote Jeff, it's the heaviest album they have, and it's not even close. Like, I mean, it is. This blew me away because I kind of had gotten into a groove with Dead New World, you know, and Enigma, and I thought, yeah, okay, cool, it's fine. When I got to this, I was like, fuck. There's like thrash metal in here. There's some death metal in here. Still some new metal, but like Christian is a beast. It's the very first time as a vocalist I describe him as, describe him as a beast. Yeah. He's he, still smooth as ice, but he's still a fucking beast. And I think that's what my issue is going back and listening to Revolution Revolution is I keep thinking of Epidemia and I'm like, okay, now that's that's badass vocals. And that's I think that's what my problem is. When I know I know you guys have a more of a uh, sentimental attachment, you know, to Revolution Revolution, but I don't because I hear this and I'm like, okay, this is what brutal vocals should sound like. And and I I wish that if he had sounded like this <laughs> on the first go around, I I would have never put it down. Right, but nobody that was doing new metal sounded like that. Maybe 5.0. Wait. You remember 5.0? Nope. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, well, then there was that dude from the Fifth Element. No. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about that a different week. But Yes, we will. But, no, I mean, God. 
this record was just so heavy. I mean, the cover looks like something like Fear Factory would put out. I mean, it's just it's like pentagrams on it. Like they they want to reinforce the like, hey, metal fans, we kick ass. You want to check this out, but. At the same time, I do think that there are moments on this record that sound a little too like, like they're trying to incorporate the Il Nino sound into something that it's not. This record, despite being super brutal, and I love it for that, I don't think I think that the melodic elements, for the very first time in the band's history, I think the melodic elements and the heavy elements somewhat clash. It could be a little bit jarring where you know you start off with this super guttural scream and you know and then three seconds later they're being really melodic but then four seconds after that then they're being really uh heavy again and i it just doesn't it seems really disjointed and i kind of wonder if maybe the band was trying to be more technical than they were capable of being and because I would never describe them as a technical band. You've arrived at the only real complaint I have about this record. It's a really good record. It just doesn't really sound like Il Nino to me. It's almost gone too modern for 2014. But it's not a bad record. It's just I don't hear the same band anymore. I hear some of the same elements, but it doesn't feel the same to me as the other previous records do. Yeah, I mean, I think the El Nino sound is still there, but it's buried under this heavy band that's, like, taken over. <laughs> you know, like, they very much sound at war with themselves. Yeah, I'm... And that could be 100% intentional. We might... Maybe we're supposed to feel that way. But, uh... It well, didn't... Hold on, I hear As I Lay Dying. Right, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, we already talked about a lot about of metalcore. metalcore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, There's I think... There's a lot of metalcore on this album. I think, I think really anything One Nation Underground on, you would really be more accurate to describe the band as metalcore yeah with maybe some new metal influences if you want to totally cop out you just call it alternative metal yeah well I mean, there's you don't have to call it anything though you just, i guess you could call it latin metal i mean yeah. i guess that's kind of a genre now yeah i mean and, you, and i dig that that i love the uh that blend it, it puts a new edge on metal in general and i i totally dig that yeah, I like it a lot too. Uh, it definitely gives me Soulfly vibes. It's almost like, like I said earlier, it's like the melodic Soulfly. Like Soulfly is always so intense, all the time, and doesn't slow down, doesn't ever. And I don't fault the band for that either. Like they are kind of a perfect band, but uh, with with Il Nino, I think they also are perfect, but in a very different way. I think that they always achieve what they set out to achieve. But we get, we still got another album left. Yes. We're being very positive at this point. <laughs> yeah, this is... 2014, I, till death, La Familia. This was kind of a misstep for me a little bit. I was a little... A little bit? Yeah, I was pretty disappointed with this one, to be honest with you. You know, what the curious thing is this... This is one of their better charting... Yeah, this was kind of like a comeback album as far as like charting is concerned. Well, I mean, let's get high. We don't give a fuck. That's yeah. really cool when you're 16, but okay. You know, I think you just hit on why this was more popular. Well, yeah, this was. <laughs> hmm. Remember what I said before about it not really sounding like El Nino anymore. I dislike the first song. Oh, uh, the first song's horrible. Without a doubt, I dislike it. Yeah, you should just go ahead and skip this one. Jay. And this is um, you're speaking my language. I'm not going to tell you why. But the same old El Nino is still hiding behind here. I think. I'm not sure what's up with all the electronic intros. 
And, and it's again, 2014. Right. I'm not going to tell you what was going on then. Okay. Ooh. You want me to? Get out of my house. Oh, I didn't even say it. You I didn't just have you to. You know, when, you we talked to when we talked to Lauren a couple weeks ago, I thought we had some really good breakthrough with you, Joe, about dubstep, but <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> God, I wish I was here for that episode. You guys, it's like they, as soon as they know that there's going to be a, a, a corn discussion, Jeff cannot be on it. Oh, Jeff's going on vacation. Great. Let's do the corn episode so he cannot talk about the terrible word that Joe hates. And the opeth. And oh, yeah. the opeth. That yep. was kind of just a knife in the back. You know? Oh, dude, that yeah, but I this is what you get for going on vacation, Jeff. I know, man. You guys like went crazy when I was gone. Next time he goes out of town, we're going to talk about God lives underwater. Oh, fuck <laughs> you! <laughs> you the only thing that could make that worse is if you talked about that other band that I make people drink whenever I say it, which is Sunny Day Real Estate. So take a drink. Okay, so. Back on track. Till death, la familia. The Latin influence is strong on this one. It is. This is kind of an emotional record, but I just, I'm not into the electronic elements with Il Nino. I don't think it fits. It definitely doesn't. I don't feel like it's needed. Because do you, what you, you want all day long, guys, but I don't feel like you, you need the electronics. You have a band that's kind of more popular for being really organic sounding you know with like more world influences and 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 nature and you know just like when you throw electronics on there kind of just kind of it doesn't fit and it's a little off-putting however let's talk about christian's vocal progression again i almost forgot Frankie from Amir was on Epidemia as well. I meant to say that earlier. Yeah, I know. Did you say it and I missed it? No, I just knew that. I, I read it online. Yeah, I, I just we, we were mentioning yeah other stuff, so I just I time totally traveled forgot. to twenty minutes ago, Jeff, and say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll see what so, happens. I think that uh, I think this record Christian still sounds really fucking brutal with his screams. He's almost gone full guttural now. He he's almost unrecognizable. Like if you listen to the first two El Nino records and you started with this one in 2014, you'd be like, "Shit, did they get a different singer?" But then you're like, "Well, no, because when he's singing clean, he sounds the same." But when it's he's, almost when like he, they got a second vocalist. For oh that. yeah, when he's screaming, oh my god, it is really intense. But unfortunately, the music doesn't support that. Not not on this album. You know, they're actually supposed to have a new album sometime later this year. I'm curious to know what it's going to sound like. Yeah, I'm really curious it's as been well. Four years. My prediction is One Nation Underground recorded in 2018. Well, we're definitely going to do a review of it on uh, on the Patreon feed. That's going to kind of be our catch-all for if a band we've covered put out a new album since we did the episode. We'll we'll go ahead and throw that review on the Patreon. Uh, you know, if, if anybody wants kind of a more updated version of that. All right. So, what's your guess on what the album's going to be? Uh, I don't honestly. I haven't really been thinking about it. Uh, I think, I think it's going to be hard to tell. I think they're going to drop the electronics. I think it's going to go super Latin. I think it's going to go super heavy. So, revolution, revolution. If you we're both gonna have, get your we're way, we're going to have deathcore breakdowns with bass <laughs> drops <laughs> and Latin rhythms. Like right. yeah, new like like deathcore breakdowns with bass with, with new metal bass drops. How about they just go straight off the deep end and go right to death grind? I don't think they're gonna go death grind <laughs> anytime soon. 
you think for some gonna, reason, you think they're gonna bust out the Mister Spell while they're at it? I don't know what it is. If it's me, if me and Jeff are, I hate you. I don't know if me and Jeff are just like drinking the same water or something. But like, you are drinking the same beer. You know, that's that could be what it is. But like, with two straws. Since we started this new metal thing, we have been like. I guess rebelling against it to a certain extent, listening to tons of fucking death grind. Yeah, we, I've been going fucking crazy, which is that's unusual for me because if you listen back on the Pig Destroyer episode with just regular old grindcore, I'm like, eh, and then new metal may hit, and I'm like, fucking give me some death grind, motherfucker. Yeah, I've been listening to Brain Drill. Oh, nice. This week, yeah. So <laughs> All right, we're doing album of the week early on no, this episode. No, good. Let's do. Let's do final thoughts. I'm going to go first this time, which is rare for me. I love Il Nino. They're heavy as fuck. Pick an album and enjoy it and give Confession another try because I'm definitely giving Enigma another try. Well, I'm glad you're giving Enigma another try considering it's my favorite album of theirs. I like how bipolar they are. <laughs> I mean, they, they're pretty... Do you see yourself in El Nino on that one, Jeff? Uh, yeah, just a tad. I think it's why I like it. Uh, so much, you no, know. No, Jeff, I, I said bipolar. Oh, I know. Oh no, I'm being all happy right now. Oh, okay, but give me a second. I'll say fuck you. There you go. <laughs> all right, there. Now we're we're good. But no, it. I like, uh, the especially his his harsh vocals, the progression he has. Good God, I mean, like Dan said, I mean, he went from being like, uh, you know, this, you know, a real emotional screamer, just blowing his voice out. To learning how to, to to properly hit, you know, just just kick some ass. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable uh, his progression as time has gone on. I really, really like his harsh vocals, and he's always had the good, uh, pretty vocals. But even that's gotten better over time. And I uh, I'm really looking forward to what they're bringing out. I uh, I hope that it harkens back to like Epidemia or Enigma. Till Death, La Familia, for me, was a bit of a misstep, so I'm just hoping they they, they bring us back to where we're all hoping they're going to go. Dan? I judge a lot of these records by their cover art. <laughs> so, Revolution, Revolution, awesome. Dude, he's, uh, he's, he's 2018. Still, I was going to say, like, have you been talking to, uh, to Steven? Because apparently, because, you know, he never... He buys everything sight unseen, or he just looks at it and all like, yeah, this looks good. <laughs> Do you know what Spotify is? Right. <laughs> well, he claims that you're paying nine ninety nine a month for air. So whatever. Mm, so, but then he complains good. about records after he gets them. <laughs> but you know, that's kind of what we do too, right? So yes, it is. We love you, Steven. So yeah, that's why you're getting the shout out. He is. He's not gonna listen to this episode. We'll tag him. He's going to have to go buy every album and then listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm on a roll tonight. But uh, no, I, I, de I definitely tend to judge this band's music on their cover art. So like Revolution, Revolution, you know, Mummified Skeleton. <laughs> Pretty indicative of what we're going to get. Uh, Confession was just like literally like a rosary and it was like, I don't know, kind of lame. And then uh, One Nation Underground cool kid standing there in front of a bunch of candles looks like he's pretty pissed off and uh that's what we get and then you know you get to enigma a little bit more spiritual of a record kind of more abstract cover artwork dead new world you know it wants to be soul fly really bad and it's awesome 
uh, you know, you get to uh, Epidemia, and uh, it's like, hey guys, we're fucking metal, and they they were for sure. And then there's Till Death, La Familia, and I'm like, it looks like the cover of a Sopranos DVD, <laughs> and I'm kind of like, the fuck is this? Um, and I kind of felt the same way about the music. <laughs> so, you know, I think all in all, this band is definitely way more good than bad. I would say that, you know, they've got shit ton of albums. Only one of them, I would say, is kind of bad. Which is um, the most popular. This is the most popular because fuck people. <laughs> but <laughs> I think... I think this record is. Uh, I think this. I, I think the final record was a little bit of a disappointment. I hope the next one is is closer to Epidemia, but maybe without the band sound like they're at war with themselves. So no, man. Overall, the bad definitely does not outweigh the good. Um, I could listen to Il Nino pretty much any time, uh, with the exception of Confession. I could listen to any record pretty much any time, and. Uh, it's all real. I, I think. I think this band is massively underrated, and uh, I hope that I hope that someday they really do get recognized for all the work that they did since two thousand one. So, Jeff, what's your album of the week? Well, considering uh, we've had a bit of a fusion band that we've discussed this week, it kind of made me want to go listen to something that I hadn't listened to in a while that I used to love. And that is Ozo Motley, and that's their self-titled album, Ozo Motley. God, that is so fucking good. Yes, it's not metal. Yes, Charlie Tuna's on it. Yes, Cut Chemist is on it, so it's more towards hip-hop and rap. But I don't give a fuck, because it's that good. Dan, what about you? Uh, My Dying Bride, Turn Loose the Swans. Way to totally outclass me. He's like, yeah, it happens every week. Well, at least the weeks that you're on. Every day. Today I need a little bit of thrash, and I need a little bit of punk, and I need a little bit of pop, and I need a little bit of fun. So for me this week, my album of the week is going to be Sum 41. Does this look infected? Nice. It's yes, false it thrash. That's not false. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, they get that should be a band that we do because they get a lot of shit. And not all of it's pain and pleasure. Yeah, not all of it's deserved. We should do the Brown Brigade, too. So are you saying that <laughs> we're all to blame, Jeff? Oh, yeah. So what do we have coming up for the remainder of New Metal May, Dan? We got Primer 55 dropping next week. We got uh, a special combo episode where we're going to do the Third Strike as well as the Fifth Element because bands with numbers in their names are awesome. Well, Fifth Element's a great band and a fantastic movie, so... It's got it all going for it. So is Chris Tucker in the fifth element? The band? No. What? Why not? And on that note, this has been episode 64 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. 
If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. One dollar gets you into our exclusive Patreon feed of album reviews and other stuff. Give me your money. 